Hello, and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap, the only show that says, Deb, I've got a metaphor for you. We're not going to have this argument again, are we? We're not going to argue about metaphors versus similes, because I'm right. Not. I am. Metaphors are like something, similes are something that's how Similes say like or as in their no, description. That is the... No, they don't. What metaphor do you have for me, Doug? So, imagine you go to a social gathering, Deb. I wouldn't go to a social gathering. I... See, and I was very careful about phrasing this beforehand, about seeing a party, because you wonder if they hurt. Um, imagine... Okay, so imagine... I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> say we're playing a role-playing game. Okay, fine. And you go to a social gathering. Fine, apparently. And you have a cake. Low. You have a piece of cake, Deb, and it's so like, good. I it's, do like cake. It's, I know. It's really good cake, right? And you go home, and you think about this cake all the time. Is this like a How I Met Your Mother thing? No. So you have this cake, and then suddenly, on the internet, it says, you can have this cake whenever you want at home. You can make it yourself. Is this a dating simile? No. So, you get the recipe on from the internet. Yes, but you know... And you, and you print it out. No, this is... And you take that recipe, Deb, of this cake you love. That was so good. It was... one life-changing, but it was really good cake, right? And you add the eggs and the flour and the baking soda. It was a really long post ride, wasn't it? Huh? It was a really long bus ride, wasn't it? Oh, I it? thought it was way earlier than the, the bus ride, but... So you add all these ingredients into a bowl, right? And you're like, I'm going to have that cake I love. Right? Yes? Um, no, because you know the rule about food, right? Food always tastes better when somebody else makes it for you. Right. Okay, well, yes, that works as well. So you're getting all the ingredients of this cake in a bowl. It's a wet mess, right? But you know, looking at the recipe, it's going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be the cake you had at that social gathering, right? Yes. Her answer is yes. Can we get to the end of the road, please? And then you take that recipe and you just tear it into fucking shreds. And you don't even throw it with your wet mess. You just toss it aside and then you stare at that bowl of wet, uncooked muck for 95 minutes. Get what you get, Deb? Oh, I get what you're saying. You get what it's like watching the Dark Tower. Oh, damn it, that was a really long road to a really good joke. Well, if you wouldn't have gotten into the minutiae of it, yeah, it would have been. I'm not even... I'm maybe halfway through the digital copy of Dark Road, and it is so not the book, so it could have been the First books. First of all, Dark Road? I'm or Dark Tower, sorry. Okay, I'm not very familiar with the series. Uh, no. It... It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, Andrew Ilba talks a bunch of shit about being in the Marvel movies, and then he does this piece of crap. It could have been... It was so different from the books, well, from the get-go, like that there's no way... I, hold on, I want to finish this. There was no way 
that fans and, and it's 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 a rabid fan base for this. Yeah, it's a small fan base. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I mean, but it's a well-known series. It's a very in terms of the mythology, yeah, the the world building, like all of that. That like I said, no, it's an established property. Absolutely. That I got like literally twenty minutes in, and went, oh, this is not no. Mm-mm. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe and they I'm, skipped I'm halfway the first through the movie, which the is series. forty-five minutes. I'm sorry. Hold on, real quick. Go ahead. Um, I'm about you know. Out of 95 minutes. It's an hour and a half. Hour and a half. I'm more than halfway through it and I'm going, wow, just way to fuck up everything. Well, like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a series of books, right? It is. It's eight books. They skipped the first entire book. so they No, didn't. they didn't. Uh, they, they did, but they didn't. It, it in, in the book, let, let me just explain no, this very shortly. Um, in the books, it's said that um, Roland, the gunslinger, mm-hmm. quest mm-hmm. to take down the man in black, Matthew McConaughey, yeah. um, is uh, cyclical. So it happens over and over and over and over again. Now, this movie apparently is after the books because he has a uh, an artifact, the, the horn of something or other. Um, I, I don't remember off the top of my no, head. No, it's not. I, I, I read the books, but it's it's a horn of something um, that he didn't have at the beginning of the books. And at the end of the books, he does have to start the whole thing all over again. And that's when the movie starts, is when Roland has the horn of MacGuffin <laughs> and meets Jake Chambers. Huh? Our guest star has made another appearance. Oh, Garbatron's back. It's been a while. Um, what I was going to say is, I feel like they did something very stupid in trying to make this into a movie instead of doing, like, a miniseries. Now, okay. On, like, HBO or Showtime, because... You're both right and wrong in that. No, it's eight fucking books. That's a lot of material. Also, are you fucking kidding me? You just ignored what this popular series set up for you. With the mythology. Yeah. Yeah. Mythos. And did this whole fucking thing. Um, they like I are, said, you hired these A-list actors that are very popular, and you just completely gave them shit to work with. So, I don't know if it's the producer, I don't know if it's the screenwriter, I don't know who fucking shit the bed on this one. In in that, in terms of the, the mythos, you say? Yes. Um, they were going to do um, a joining uh, television series... That did all of the flashback stuff that happened in, like, book four and, and book eight. Um, I believe Wizards and Glass was book four, and I think The Wind Through the Keyhole was book eight. So they were going to have a dedicated TV show. Um, With him? Doing a, did, they have a, did they have a network attached to it? Uh, I want to say HBO, but I'm not sure that's right. Well, um, but a, a, major, a, major, a major player. Mm-hmm. Um, not broadcast like CBS. Well, but it's or one ABC. of those things where it's like now. But they're gonna of, have, they're gonna have show it, they're gonna have Showtime or HBO or somebody of do Game it. Game of Thrones and Westworld. You now have an established kind of fan base for very far-reaching fantasy shows. Yeah. On a premium network. Yes. Yeah. Premium cable. Yeah. Well, I I just don't know the correct way I, to. Actually, I read and this gets totally off 
topic, but kind of in topic as well. Um, so we'll wrap up on Dark Tower, which is just keep yeah living your life. I I'm only watching it out of the, out of a Stephen King completist. Um, and the thing is, you kind of wonder like. And I haven't watched Gerald's game yet, but I'm really. Well, but excited it's one of those it. things where so like, it's you, really you kind of want to talk to him and be like, "Are you happy with this?" Well, yeah. Are but you the thing going is, like, senile? Once, once he sells, once he sells the rights. Well, that's one thing I actually. That's like about. asking Marvel, are they okay with Spider-Man and the X-Men though? Like they well, no, sold the, thing the rights. Like, what a thing they that have is. no say uh, outright unless. There's something explicitly legally saying they can put the kibosh on it. Well, here's the thing: is that I actually kind of respect that about Stephen King, which Alan Moore doesn't fucking do. Where once he sells a property, he actually either doesn't say anything or stands up for it. Whereas Alan Moore is a giant dickbag and just says a bunch of shit. Well, Alan Moore, yeah, and Alan Moore does take the money and then yeah, no, he takes no, he takes the money and then talks a bunch of shit. At least Stephen King just says nothing. I agree. No, and it's one of those things where, you know what, I get it. You're making your money off of your thoughts. Yeah. So sometimes you sell them and people do awful things with them. But yeah. either take the money and say nothing or keep or it. Or defend it. Like I said, or keep it and fuck off. So I did read an article oh, recently. I'm sorry, become a wizard. <laughs> He's been a wizard for a while. Nobody, uh, nobody can see my awesome hand came. gestures. He, there was very wizardly hand, feet, uh, hand motions. <laughs> Um, I did read an article on, I think it was Vulture, that has Wonder Woman and Dark Tower rid Hollywood of the shared, oh, I'm sorry, in The Mummy, cured Hollywood of shared universe bullshit. The First fact of is, all, like, I wish once, everyone could see my fucking face right now. It's... Beyond resting bitch face. It is active bitch face. No, it's active bitch face. So, hold on. So I want to explain real quick. No, no, you can. It's just one of those things where, like, the mummies, you're opening property on a shared universe. It's not. Go fuck yourself. It's not. The mummies not in that shared universe. No, I'm just saying. Dracula Beyond was the first one in that. And they disowned oh, it. Oh, God. And they disowned it. And they wanted to start over with Mummy, so that way when you have uh, Russell Crowe come in and go, I have all these, like, I have a secret menagerie of all the shit you're going to see eventually. No, here's the thing, And the movie still fucking bombs, because who gives a fuck? Well, the thing is, when you say secret menagerie, it can work. You know, like, early in S.H.I.E.L.D., when they're like, hey, we have this prison of all these weird people. You have the, the, what what is it, the, uh, and even they have, like, uh, oh, we have all these objects called, like, 184s or whatever. I I can't remember. That are, like, yeah, like, weird things that you couldn't explain, and it's like... But like I said, you can have the secret menagerie, you know, like, in the librarians, when they're in the library for the first time, and they have all the weird artifacts. You can have the secret menagerie and have it work. It did not work in The Mummy. There was one good fucking part of the mummy, and that was the girl the who credits. played. No, there was one girl who played the mummy, and like the way that she managed to move and manipulate her body. So it had nothing to do with the shared universe. Oh God, no! So they looked at Gunslinger, the Mummy, and One Woman. Weirdly enough, which we'll get to that in a moment, One Woman as killing Hollywood's obsession with shared uh, universes. Because she a, was the only good thing that's happened with DC and for a very long fucking exactly, time. Exactly. They don't need to be that closely connected. Now with Marvel. Marvel did it right. No, no, you're seeing my eye rolling about DC. Go ahead. But Marvel did it right. And for Hollywood to take notice of that is great. But, of course, Hollywood goes, 
Well, they have a connected universe. We must do all the connected universes. How about they no, just you have don't. a culturally diverse cast, and we'll go from there. Uh, were you on Marvel or DC, or what were you on on that one? Mostly DC. Hey, the, white people, see y'all. No, they've... Cyborg's black, which he's in the comics. That's fine. Yeah, where's his movie? It's coming. It's getting there. How long did it take for Marvel to get to Black Panther? Actually, I think it made sense timeline-wise. Yes, it did, but how long did it take to it? Is um, about eight years? No. No, no, no. no, no. I mean, Avengers movie to because, Black Panther. Okay, well, Avengers didn't even have Black Panther. No, but I mean from the Avengers movie to Black Panther. What, about eight years? Mm. Maybe six? Mm. Yeah. Avengers was... 2000... Oh, God. Exactly. Maybe 10? No, it couldn't Yeah, be. well, 2012. Okay, so that's... At best. Yeah, that's five true. years. Five years. That's actually pretty good. To have a standalone African-American character's movie? They still haven't done a standalone female character, now have they? All right, folks, she's got me there. I'm just saying... I watched the shit out of it. No, Scarlet. I was going to Scarlet Witch. Uh, 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 well, I watched the fuck out of that as well. Um, oh, if they span off Vision and, 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 and... Emily Olsen? Yeah. I watched the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, if they did a Vision Scarlet Witch movie, that was... If, if they did like the ones that were like based on the George Perez comics, yeah, I'd be well, they fucking end, They end up having a kid, right? Two of them. Yeah, like I said, I would Well, watch. sort of. They're like splinters of a devil's soul. I, it gets I, I, comic booky. I know, book-y. but I would watch the crap out of oh, yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I mean, would then lead into New Avengers. Or, not New, uh, New Avengers. Uh, Young Avengers. With uh, Asgardian and... Um, oh, what is his name? Hulkling. They actually call him Hulkling. But anyway. <laughs> so let's jump to... That is a springboard. Uh, you, I made you watch. I you didn't make I me coaxed watch. You. You, I coaxed you strongly to watch the, the Black, Black Panther, Panther trailer. trailer. Um, thank you. Fucking awesome. Thank you, Hollywood. Michael B. Jordan finally has a decent role in a. I'm just gonna say in a superhero movie. Um, yeah, I would disagree with that. I'm sorry. You like the Fantastic Four? No, but I did like Chronicle. Damn it! You're right. Goddamn right, I am. Thanks, Doug's Garbitron. right about like I said, Garbitron is agreeing with me. That's why he's like droning I, you out. Like I said. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. You are right. He was in Chronicle, and that movie's awesome. I mean, it's a uh, wet thought blowjob to Acura, but yeah. It's Mark Landis, right? Uh, written by, yeah. Yeah, written by Mark Landis. Uh, it was directed by, weirdly enough, the guy who directed Fantastic Four. Oh, Strike. yeah. Tursk. No. What? Tursk. What? T-R-U-S-K. No, it's like Stephen Trank or something like that. I'm pretty sure you're wrong, but okay. I'm pretty sure I'm right. It's not a big deal. I think we're talking about the same guy. Yeah, we are. Um, he got a really bad reputation for his behavior while he was shooting the Fantastic Four. Like, he trashed it. And we've talked about it. But like I said, um, so I watched the Black Panther... I, this is going to drive me out of my you did the mind. You did the HD... Well, we're just going to have to talk over Garbatron. I'm so sorry. You know what? After last night, I think he's making up for it. And I mean the movie, not like the day before. So I watched the HD trailer of Black Panther. 
fucking rad, right? It looks completely incredible. It looks beautiful. The special effects look amazing. Once the actual again, it, no, but the actual fight sequences look believable, which you know is one of my bitches about Iron absolutely. Fist. And it looks more like a. There's a lot of action, but it looks like a lot of like political intrigue about what's going on in Wakanda, than it is like America's. When I say America, I mean Captain America, Captain America's Civil War. You know, it looks less about it looks less about the Avengers. It's more self-contained to Wakanda. But it is that very political, like, hey, well, we're a nation that's it's... coming onto the world stage. I'm sorry to talk over no, you No, go ahead, you're not. Everything else is talking over me. No, I'm talking over it. Um, that... Do we want to pause? Sure. So it turns out uh, maybe Carpetron that we're talking over, but we'll still do it. Um, so Black Panther, love the fact that it's, it seems very inclusive to Wakanda. Well, it, one of those things where it's like they're talking about how small a country can be and be totally encapsulated. It's like almost like China during World War One, where they basically just kind of shut everything up and were an isolated Iso- isolationist. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things the way where the they're US like the was before World War Two. Exactly. But like I said, see, it's, we're smart. Not really. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, no, we don't know anything about this country because they don't want us to know anything about this country. Yes. Like and I said, you we get think that they're... sense of it from, um, what's his name, from The Hobbit. Uh, Martin Freeman? Is that. Martin Freeman is interrogating a. Well, he's. He's, he's interrogating a captive who, like, I know the actor, but I can't think of his name. Andy Serkis? Sure, why not? Is it the bad guy, Claw? I don't think so, because he's too fat for that. Is it the guy with the beard? Yes. It's Andy Serkis. He was in he's Avengers 2. He's supposed to be Claw. Yeah, the character made of, like, sonic energy? No. Well, like I said, Martin Freeman's no, he, he, talking to this man who somehow smuggled vibranium. vibranium out of the country. Yeah, it's Claw. That's Andy Serkis. He was in Avengers 2. Ultron took off his arm. No, no, no. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just, I, and then he's gonna get a son. He's gonna get a sonic weapon arm in Black Panther because that nothing, gets that gets, that gets shown wants a couple to see times. him in a skin tight suit. No, he's actually him. Said he's not playing Caesar. 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 The monkey. Yeah, I know. Like I said, nothing about me wants to see him in a skin tight suit. <laughs> and then Black Panther fights an intelligent monkey be pretty awesome, but still. Well, aren't we all intelligent monkeys, Dad? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. No, that, that's aren't we fun. all Caesar? But like I said, I haven't I, seen the movie, the new one, the I, new. I kind of like so. that they're trying to play the fact that there are parts of the world we pretty much know nothing about that have kind of isolated themselves and done whatever they need to do to take care of them and their people and their government. Sorry, for. God knows how long. So it's like centuries. Hey, like I said, hey, you're part of the world stage now, but we have no idea what the fuck you've been doing for the last two well, years. Well, and they get a little bit into that in oh, sorry, two hundred years. But you know what I mean. They get a little bit into that in um Civil War, don't they? Yeah, like about that much. Yeah, you have, there was a very it was a pinch. Well like I said, you, you have Black Panther and his father at the United Nations. And then of course To sign the Sokovia Award uh, uh accords, yeah. Yeah, like I said, and then his father gets assassinated. And then he loses his mind. 
and then becomes Black Panther. Well, exactly. We assume well, he's been the Black Panther at that point. I actually don't. But I assume that he's. I kind of, assume that he does. I, I don't. assume he's already the Black Panther. He has the suit. He has the abilities. His I, father's obviously passed it down to him. They have like the ring. Okay. No, my thought on that was that it was passed down to him, and he was kind of fighting his quote-unquote manifest destiny. His birthright. There you go. Birthright's a much better way to put it. Mm-hmm. And that this was the thing that forced him into kind of taking up the Black Panther. I agree. Suit. And they're going to get into that because he does have a sister, and especially in the comics, this plays out. And you did see a bit of it in the trailer I saw. A little bit. And where I think, the sister's first like, of all, this was what, what? excellently cast. Excellently cast. Yeah. Um, once again, Marvel nailing it. So, um, Marvel, whoever your casting director is, she needs a pay raise. And most of the time it's women. It is ever. Yeah, like I said, most of the I time agree. it's women, so she needs a pay raise. Um, let's... Do you want to get into the list? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're working on a whole new thing. Well, you guys know we went on hiatus for a while, because I was going through some stuff, and Doug was going through some stuff, and we had a bunch of uh, con stuff to burn through, so... So, we're going to... So I have a master list. I talked about this last week. I have a master list of what I've watched he over the last... He wanted to go top to bottom. I wanted to go top to bottom. I wanted, I to, wanted, go, to, go I wanted top, to go ass bottom, to mouth. Top, bottom. Um, like so, you do. You never go ass to mouth. No. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, though. It's a quote from that movie. Yes. Um, Hitman's Bodyguard. With uh, Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds. So Green Lantern protect... Or Deadpool, even. Deadpool protecting uh, Nick Fury. Effectively. I'm sorry, I started hearing Deadpool rap in my head. Um, I really liked Hitman's Bodyguard. I know it got shafted by the critics as you just know, an over-gratuitous action movie, but... But sometimes you, know you what? want... You know what Die Hard is? An over-gratuitous action movie. Exactly. Sometimes you want that. Hitman's Bodyguard is so... So fucking... It, it has these comedic elements that no one talks it's about. Samuel Jackson... Like Salma Hayek being Reynolds. very angry and very violent in Spanish, and it's fucking hilarious because she's um, Samuel Jackson's estranged wife in it. Yeah. And she like when she goes well, off in Spanish, it's a lot of bad words. Kill him. La cucaracha, she calls him. The cockroach. Yeah. Because okay. you can't kill. Him. That seems about right. I I really liked. Oh, thank you, Carbatron. Um. That was kind Good of a fucking lord. To so everyone I, that loves us, I'm super sorry, but my apartment is crazy cheap. And I'm sorry we're now yelling because we're gonna have to like readjust to without Carpetron. But I really liked the Hitman's Bodyguard. I really did. Um, I thought it was fun. I don't, I wouldn't say it's the best movie ever I've ever seen, but in terms of like yeah, you talk but about it was like fun. gratuitous action movie fun. Oh yes, absolutely. But that's the thing is it. Sometimes you just want to watch a movie and enjoy it. You Popcorn need, movie. Yeah, like I said, you don't need all the reasons. I will watch Die Hard every Christmas for the rest of my fucking life. I won't. Uh, when Al Rooker started talking about it, um, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I, I, I'll find another. I'll, I, I will watch Lethal Weapon. I will watch Batman Returns. I will find the next cool hipster Christmas movie years before they do. So like Batman Returns them. is not a bad one to go for. Though. It, it, but it doesn't. It's the lighting of the tree, Doug. But it, it's not a, a real good one for like repeat viewing. Oh no! It's no, God, awful! No. It did not stand the test of time. Because you just imagine, there's at some point, 
when uh, the penguin and Catwoman see each other, like you know that in that in the bedroom where he's like really grossly hitting on I, her. I really wish people could see my face right now. But you know what I'm talking about. That yeah, scene no, where he's like really yeah, grossly hitting on her, and he's like, "Oh well, you've got a pussy or whatever." Don't like, get me wrong, Danny DeVito was excellent as the penguin. Yeah, but it still it does not stand the test of time. No, it does not. But like you know, there's a scene where they put the kibosh on where it's like. And then he goes in for cunnilingus, and she goes, no. Like, you know there's a... There, it was in the script. I was thinking more of the... And then he fucks her with his nasty-ass nose. Would that have been better than cunnilingus? Kinda. No. Okay. No, hard... So, master list. Using his dick nose. Edward penis hands. Not nose. Not Edward penis nose. I'm really scared to Google Edward Penis Nose. You should be. And you will later, I'm sure. Oh, um, absolutely fucking not. Once again, something else that I'm sad that Brian Lizzie isn't here for. Uh, the Sense 8 Season 2 got released. Um, obviously working from the top of the list. Uh, the least recent. Um, I have zero opinions on this. I'm in love with it. I, I honestly well, no, thought, I just, I I thought started... where, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Well, no, I just... That at the very end of the first season, you have the whole cloister uh, meet up physically uh, to save the character Will. Where do you go from there? Well, I'll tell you, folks. You introduced new cloisters around the world, and then they can connect together. So now you have huge networks of... 80, 100, 1,000 people now working in tandem at the speed of fucking thought. And it's fucking rad. And it's scary because not all of those people have the same agenda in terms of hiding from the big bad government boogeyman. Um, Big Brother's watching. And I love it. Um, The season ends... I'm going to jump to it. Uh, The season ends with that they've... The big, the the big, uh, the big bad, the 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 government entity has kidnapped one of the main cloisters people, and is torturing him, which reverberates very, very viscerally through the rest of the others, the other seven, yeah, um, and disrupts their lives, obviously. Excuse me. And they manage to mount a rescue, Deb, but that rescue is not a rescue. What is it? What you're meant to think is a rescue to save... Fuck, I've already forgotten Excuse his name. Me, sorry, Wolfgang, I keep burping. The, the German guy. What you think is a rescue mission for that is actually them getting their contact... Abducting the contact point of the government group. Um, so getting, like, pretty so much abducting a, the big bad and saying... What you're telling me is it's a good-of-the-many situation. Mm. The good of the many outweighs the good of the one. So instead of rescuing no, Wolfgang... No, Okay. Well, yes. Um, but I think they're, they're abducting Whispers, is his nickname. I think they're abducting Whispers to save German guy. I think he's going to be leverage. Okay. In the, there, there won't be a third season. It got canceled. Well, they have uh, a Christmas special. Which one? Sensei. Yeah, they do. That's the beginning of the second season. Oh, was teasing, but still. Um, Happy fucking New Year is the name of it. They got censored for Netflix, but the actual name of it is Happy fucking New Year. Um, 
They are going to be making a movie to wrap things up. Because the end of the season is literally these lines. You want a war? You got a war. Well, Which is kind of, no. fucking awesome. I know it's cliched, no, it's, but it's fucking awesome. It's not awesome. cliched at all. It's like the yeah, end of, it is. No, it's like the end of Angel. Yes. Like, it's absolutely you start a war, here we go. No, it's one of those things where, you know what? This is fucking happening. Let's fucking do this. Yes. And much like Angel... It got canceled before you see the war. Like I said, no. I don't have any beef with them about doing that. It makes complete sense, especially storyline-wise. Yeah, absolutely. You want a war? You got a fucking war. And the thing is, they have... The, the cloister, the main, the good guys, effectively, have one of the bad guys, and the bad guys have one of the cloister, the the German, the it's, Wolfgang. It's one of those things So where they have leverage on each other, um, and they introduce an aspect into it where... Um, they have pills that can block the connection so that people in the cloister, in, you know, the mentally um, connected people. I really hate um, that they call it the cloister. I actually love it. Uh, I think it might be There's cluster. Of, it might no, be cluster. Cluster would be better. Cloister, I think it's cluster. Like I said, cloister has religious connotations. They do get a little bit into that, but. Yeah, um, like I said. But that you can block so that um, one character in the cluster um, can move independently. Um, but it's great because they go, look, let's make a plan. I need to be alone for this so you're not at risk or you're not whatever. And I take the pill and I do this. And then when I come back on the other side of that pill, we're all together again. And can I just say, it was so great seeing that Hispanic character come out where he like he flips out during a um, a gay pride parade uh, speech where he has to make a speech after he's been outed and he's been fighting it, fighting it, fighting it, and he finally accepts it. And during the speech, he goes, "I'm gay. I'm out. Here's my boyfriend." And they kiss. And it is last season. The first season was a little stilted. No. I wouldn't say stilted, but I would say it's a little heavy-handed in terms of well, you the, know what the trans LGBT stuff. Yes, I know the Wachowskis are not. Yeah, they're sisters now. And sisters got it going on, or whatever the fucking song says. But I think it was a little heavy-handed in terms of all that LGBT trans stuff. And hey, I'm as progressive as the next guy as long as the next guy is not Trump. But, sorry, I'm good, super an- good answer. Good I mean, answer. Yeah, I mean, Deb, you know me. I'm. I don't. I don't give a fuck. Um, I have as never, long as you're not hurting anyone who doesn't want to be hurt. Well, I don't give a shit. I have never once felt uncomfortable introducing you to anybody ever. Yeah, and that's, that's gay, kind of, trans. What I, I don't like I give said, a fuck. Ne- never once I felt uncomfortable introducing you to any I mean, person. If you're not cool, in my book, if you're not cool, you're not cool, and if. If you're cool, then we're cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Doug, both I don't give a fuck. Cool. Yeah. What? Dude, you know we're lame. Yeah, super lame. But. But I'm just saying, I've never once felt uncomfortable. But it's not like I'm going to say, anyone. hey, you used to be a dude or you used to be a chick or you're in the process of or you're gay. I just. I don't give a fuck. I feel like maybe they needed to be that heavy handed considering what's happening right now. Yes. Which eventually we'll get to not today um, with just, Mr. Robot. But like I said, I, just, I feel like maybe they needed to be that heavy-handed. 
I contribute to them getting canceled? Absolutely. But I, I also, don't think I don't think it did. But also it probably had to do with the fact that they're very, very, very expensive to make. That would be the premise. That would be the premise right there. Also, Amazon's having some problems with their executives right now. Hmm. Did you not read that? I did not. Yeah, one of their main executives got suspended for a sexual harassment claim. Well, hot on the heels of Weinstein, huh? Exactly. Wow. Amazon? Really? They have balls instead of chairs. I mean, like, physically, like... Yoga balls. Yeah. Say yoga balls. Yeah, yeah. Not like (laughs) balls. Like like, I said, yeah. So I'm having this interview and I'm sitting on some testicles. (laughs) I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. You are. But like Um, I said, no, one of their, their big executives recently got suspended for a sexual harassment claim. Like I said, his fiance called off their wedding. It's it's a whole thing. And then there's this new thing where on, online where you say "me too" for ladies. Uh, you say "me too" because you've been objectified or sexually harassed in the well, workplace. That's kind of what it's. Yeah, we're not having this conversation. Move on. I just want to write "me too." Wait, you want a Stranger Things season four? Like, <laughs> move on. Preacher season two. Preacher is different than the comics. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm well, not no, done. I'm, I'm not. I'm not done. I'm not upset. But I want to say it's different than the comics. And I'm I've not had upset a talk with, with it being different from the comics. I've had a talk with someone who is. Who? You're not gonna like it. Don't name names. It's fine. Okay. Like I said, so I'm not upset with it being different from the it, comics. It might have been a very volatile co-host on no uh, shooting the gap. Oh, suck a dick. Yeah, but he didn't read the comics, so I kind of got to talk to him about it. Well, I don't And I think he's it. a giant piece of shit in he real is. life and on fucking more. I was going to say, but I'm just saying. My point is that he... Okay, go ahead. She's choking on dick, folks. Exactly. Is that the hashtag that goes along with this episode? Choking on dick, yeah. Hashtag she's choking so, on dick. I was actually... I basically think Seth Rogen had nothing to do with this series. I disagree. Let's talk about Green Lantern again. You mean Green Hornet? Damn it. You know, I'm not going to do it. Do it. Um, Just a little bit. I'm not going to slap your hand in prostration, but... um, Let's talk about Green Hornet again. Because we know Seth Rogen has writing partner. Here's my thing. I think... I think they're taking a... To some extent. Not a full extent, but to some extent, the Todd McFarlane take on Spawn. Now, this is a really good take where Todd McFarlane... Hold on, let me finish. He has, a, he, has, thing. he has the comics in the what, late 90s, early 2000s. He's got the comics, an animated TV show, which was fucking really awesome. Really good. It was really, really fucking good. good. Thanks, and the HBO. movie, which was not. Awful. And everyone goes, well, it doesn't follow the comic. And he went, you know what? Like, I... There are different ways to tell this story the thing is, that can be I, effective. I don't need that it can to follow to be the effective. comic. You're right. Now, okay, hold on, because I'm I'm kind of like I have a point, so I don't want to, but no, I don't want to finish your cut thought you process. Off. So in Preacher season two, things that happen in the comic happen, but not in the way they happened in the comic. But I don't need it to follow the comic. I just need well, to that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. The, the the second season ends okay. with the second season ends 
with Tulip's dead body being brought to An- uh, Angelville. Pause. No, continue. Oh. Being brought to Angelville. Continue. You're an ass. Being brought to Angelville, which happens in the comics. Yeah. Now, yes, in the comics, uh, Jesse and Tulip are brought there against their will by um, Jody and TC, and she's shot, and she's brought back. So, yes, Tulip's dead body does end up in Angelville. She does get brought back. Maybe In the show, her dead body ends up in Angelville, and will obviously be brought back. So I think they're hitting. I think they're hitting their key marks, just in ways we didn't expect it. Or you know, and I, I'm not mad about that. Now a lot of people have this whole thing where I'm not mad in the slightest about that. Where in the comics, Jesse and Star are like at odds from the get go. They don't even meet till like I think the in reading the trade paperbacks like third or fourth book. Yeah. Whereas in the series, in the in the TV show, they meet at the very beginning of the second season. And our Star kind of brings Custer along in the way that um, Star brought because you read it. Yeah. So I let you guys bum it. Um, not that that was a justification, but I'm mean, that you know that I let you guys read it. I I've didn't read let it you. before. I'm sorry. I read yeah. it again. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm being a dick. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. But that you know when um, when Star brings Cassidy along in that whole uh, it, comedy it of errors. Pretty thing. much. Yeah. So that's how Star brings. Uh, Jesse in, uh, introduces Jesse to the Grail. Now, does he stick with it? No, but it does give Jesse an idea of what the Grail is all about, which eventually well, happens. Jesse always had his own agenda, which is not a bad thing. It's just he's trying to survive, and he has all these fucking weird-ass shit going on around He's him. just trying to find God. That is the end-all, be-all of the comic. Yeah. And the show, I think, does service that in ways that the comic book fans are not willing to admit. Where they go, look, well, we're gonna, we're going to hit your major milestones, but we may not hit them in a way that was in the comic. And I, think I, I appreciate. I that. think it's kind of a Sin City spirit problem where they didn't one hundred percent translate the comic exactly how it was. On um, the I disagree with the way you just said it because I think in Sin City it was very faithful, whereas in the spirit it was not. I'm just saying, they weren't trying to make a comic book on the screen. They were trying to bring the spirit of the characters to Oh, I see. Story. Not the spirit. Gotcha. I thought you were going a Frank Miller way. Sorry. No, it wasn't. I meant the spirit of Sin City. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I like the spirit, but it's not great. No, it's fucking awful. Like I said, I, I like the spirit, but it's not great. So, so, like I said, no, the spirit of the comic. Yes. And, and being that it's not a movie... Um, that it's a serialized television show. That I think gave them a lot of leeway. It did, and I think... I'm so sorry. Done. My alarm went off. Sorry, people. And I think that... It, I think it works really well for the series. Well, no, I'm just... I am shocked Seth Rogen managed to come up with this. Which makes me think that basically his writing Well, he had two other Rogen. co... He had Evan Goldberg, and he had um, Steve catlin who worked I basically, on breaking bad like i said i basically think that evan goldberg wrote everything and seth rogan came in and was like yeah that seems great no i disagree of course that's not what actually happened that's okay. just what happened in my head okay. no because i mean they not. explore a lot more of well, no, artist face in hell and really artist face becoming artist face you can just say ass face no he's, his name is artist face 
Um, but exploring him, like, being in hell was not in the comics. I mean, which He never went to hell in the comics. No, he never did. But he did. did go through an emotional hell seeing his dad commit suicide after his dad ripped off his... After the dad ripped off his dick and fucked himself in the ass to it to the point where he's going to commit suicide, which is Sheriff Root, who is still, I believe, alive in his show, I think. He may have died in the explosion of that town of Anvil, but... Um, so I think they did, like, a literal hell versus a figurative hell with Art's face, which still builds the... Once again, gets the character where he needs well, to the be. The thing is, I just imagine the writer's But in room, a different way. Like I said, I imagine the writer's room sitting down and having, like, hours-long conversations as to how they feel like these characters would emotionally deal with these situations and how you can visually show that. Now, the question is, they had... At one point, this was floated around. Preacher was floated around HBO. Yeah, and they actually went so far as to do makeup tests. Yeah, with our face, which is terrifying. Because it was frighteningly realistic. Um, So the thing is that I I believe, I want to say Stephen Johnson, who was the director that was attached to it, who did the first Captain America, uh, directed the first Captain America film. Yeah, well. He also did Ghost Rider. It's, It's not his fault. It was just a bad script. He also did Ghost Rider. There you go. Um, like I said, it's not his fault. It's he, just a bad he, script. Great visuals. He came at it as he wanted to do a five... Well, I get, yeah, however he wanted to do it. Jesus was that it would be a issue, an episode. The thing is that an issue... But can you be that... My question is... You can't. You can't it, be it, that... If he had been that beholden... Sorry, go ahead. You can't do an issue an episode. An issue is not enough for a whole episode. Oh, I disagree. Well, I disagree. Well, I in mean, terms it, of Preacher, well, I disagree. It's not Spider-Man getting molested, but okay. <laughs> but hasn't been brought up yet. But would you have been disappointed at the beholdenness, I guess I could say? Um, I would say... As opposed to striking out and doing something where, yeah, it's not exactly the comic, but it does hit those points. Um, and well, gets you there, but in a way you didn't expect, couldn't predict. I would say no. Same with Walking Dead. It's different than the comic. <sighs> I'm still a huge Walking Dead fan. <sighs> I read the comics up till the end of the war, which we're going to get into on this next season that starts in a couple weeks. So, long story short, no, I would not be upset if they were super beholden to the comics, but I think they were very smart and still touched all of the emotional keystones and told a story that was uniquely theirs. Which is what they're doing on Preacher. It didn't break the fucking bank. Well, the bank is... The the bank. Nailed it. Thank you. (laughs) The bank is AMC's, not Garth Ennis, not Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Sam Caitlin... Um, Catlin, Catlin, however you say his name. Um, I think they're doing... I and Honestly, and I, and I don't say this in a bad way, I think having an outside voice like Sam uh, Catlin, Catlin. Um, coming from a pre-established show like Breaking Bad is no, saying like, hey, this doesn't have to be beat for beat, panel for panel, shot for shot, the comic. We can do well, some you, really interesting things. You remember how resistant I was to... Them doing Preacher. Yeah. I really hated it. They did super well on the first season. I, really I think, liked yeah. The second season, like I said, you remember, like, it's not that I hate the actress, it's just that Tulip was not what was described in the comic. 
Well, no, it was that Ruth Nega, the, the actress that plays... No, she does a wonderful job. And she's great, but Tulip is the blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl next door... Like I said... ...who just happens to have excellent aim, because she grew up in a, like, ultra... Not ultra-conservative, but, like, grew up with a conservative father who taught her how to shoot, hunt... There's all of that. Like, like I said, we've had She's these, the ultimate tomboy. Like I said, we've had this conversation before. I have zero problems with Nega playing that character... But it was just not what I was expecting. So Absolutely, I, needed, I agree. Like, I needed like an episode and a half to get used to it. And now, she's wonderful. I mean, she was wonderful from the get-go. I'm, I'm, a, little, just... I'm a little twitchy on, on, on Tulip on the second season. I think she really does kind of well, lose I, her nerve. No, I think she was underwritten. But still, I agree. Like I said, I don't think there was anything wrong with what she was doing. I just think she was underwritten. I think the way they, they play her PS, uh, PTSD after getting... Manhandled by the saint of all uh, of all killers. Like, you know Iron Man in any of the Avengers movies? No, he just has. Well, I don't agree with that at all. Not a fucking alcoholic. That's n- no, no, because that's only Iron Man three and Avengers two. Yeah, yeah, and he'll get better by hanging out with a kid in the middle of the country. <laughs> My dad bought some lotto tickets. He must have won because that was like five years ago. Exactly. It's so Seth they Black, ab- so Drew Pierce. They but ab- anyway. They fucked up the demon in the bottle arc. I don't know if I 100% agree with that. They fucked up the demon in the bottle arc. I think they twisted it. I think they they turned it into what they needed it to be. And that makes it okay? I don't think it's a matter of does it make it okay or not. I think that along with stuff we're talking about like Preacher... Sorry. Um, I think the stuff along with, like, you know, t- turning the source material into something you needed to be, to continue a storyline, to hit the emotional beats you need, that's just going to happen. It, it can't be. It's no, lazy. I, no, I, I completely disagree. I think it's a lot more work to take a pre established intellectual property and say, okay, we need this to be XYZ, but it's only XY. Let's... I'm sorry, they couldn't deal with the fact that he's obviously a rabid alcoholic. So, unfortunately, we paused because, you know, shenanigans. We were going to talk about You're the Worst. Um, I'm pretty sure I recommended this show to you about a year ago. We're uh, on season three now? Season three ended. Well, I mean, that's what we're talking about, though. We're on season three now. And it was about these two characters, and I'm pretty sure I talked to you about it because the lead character wrote a book called Congratulations, You're Dying, and it reminded me of you. The fact that it was such a emotionally messy relationship, I think, was you said, hey, it's you dating... Blank. ...ex-girlfriend, and, uh, yeah, absolutely true. Well, it, the show actually gets a lot messier than you and said ex-girlfriend happened. Yes. But... If you guys had, you know, done, now I'm uncomfortable. Cool. Well, what I'm going to say about season three... Um, it was a good season. Once again, but it got really real. And the first season wasn't really real. Like, it was about the first season two, was actually two toxic like, people that seemed to make it work. Well, and she has a toxic back friend. Sorry, best friend. He has, And he has, you know, his roommate who has... Severe PTSD, which gets heavily played on on the new on this last season, and which I'm a big fan. they did once again very well. 
Like I said, I'm a big fan of Edgar. I think they played his PTSD super well. But they even got into the whole uh, family thing. Like, family's a reoccurring theme this whole season. Um, well, to the point know, where the... Jimmy's father died. Jimmy's father died? Uh, Edgar's moving on from Jimmy? Well, Edgar's trying to move on from Jimmy. Well, that doesn't end well in the series. Um, the fact that, uh, what's her name? That horrible human being with the, uh, with the yeah, the best friend character? I can't think The female best friend character? Like, she's just an awful human being. Oh, just wait. Um, cause she gets pregnant, loops yeah, her no, ex-husband uh, back in. I know, I know. Oh, did watched you? it. The whole season? Yeah. The problem is, in the first season, she's a really sympathetic character. She is. Like, you feel bad for her. She feels like she's overshadowed by her sister pretty much every time, always, every Jen day. Jen Varney. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Jen Varney. Yeah. She's but... so compelling and adorable and hilarious. She is. And her husband's a dickbag. But, like I said, it's one of those things where you feel like that, and then you're like, her marriage is terrible. She's trying to figure out how to end her marriage. And then she completely, basically gets cold feet about it and tries to microwave a condom full of sperm and She doesn't try herself. to. She does and impregnates herself. And that's the second season. That's actually not how she gets pregnant, but still. Yeah, it is. No, um, they had unprotected sex for a few seconds before that. Because microwaving condom would never get anybody pregnant. No, ever. she microwaves his cum. No, like I said, that happens, but that's not how she actually gets pregnant. Did they sex. have unprotected sex? They did, for like about seven seconds. Sure. Well, that's all it takes some days. Exactly. But it's just, she's such an unsympathetic character this and season. And she gets what she deserves in the end when she's... And they actually brought, do... She brought in front of lawyers in terms of the prenup and the divorce and all that. Like, she's been so manipulative that for her to come... A, to be confronted by, hey, you know what? You've been selfish, and you're not the right, and now you're confronted with that. It's. Really, I think she deserves it. I don't think that she that doesn't okay? deserve that. I just think that it's one of those things where it's very hard to face how selfish you've been as a human being. No, I comparatively to her, I, I disagree. I think she deserves everything she gets. I didn't say she didn't deserve it. But I'm just saying it's very hard to face the things you've done as a person. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, but she's done, obviously, comedically to, to the point where, like, above and beyond what anyone should have, like what anyone it, would just, normally have to face. Especially this season, it's kind of weird to see that, considering that season one, she was such a sympathetic character. And like, even with the flashbacks on season two and season three, you're like, yeah, she's her cohort. She's her partner in crime. It was very... But then, yeah. Yeah, no. No. Enabler, she yeah, cuckolded yeah. her husband, like... So un uncomfortable. Yeah. However, so, I finished the Everything Box. Yes. Um, great book. Speaking of gaping boxes... Pass. As that character Pass. Is. So, Richard Cadre's Everything Box. This is the um, first book of the Another Coop Heist series. I had to completely and utterly mentally divorce myself from the Sandman series. The Sandman Slum series, correct? Like I said, it wasn't bad. No, it was it's a not. Wonderful I love book. it. No, like I said, it was a wonderful book. I really liked it. There are some characters I found are really interesting. One of the things I really liked yeah, about like Cadre... Which ones? One of the things I really like about Cadre is the fact that he doesn't have throwaway characters. 
So if he mentions a character once or a character involved in a heist, they don't just disappear. They're there again later. Okay. Like, that's one of the things I really liked about Hadry. Like Phil Spector? Fuck him. I hate Phil Spector. You're not going to like the second book. <laughs> no, I fucking hate Phil Spector so Who is a much. literal Spector named Phil. Like I said, I hate him so fucking much. He, he grows on you. Nope. Pass. Did you think it was interesting the way that he held out on a love... Not necessarily held out on a love interest, but... What, he kind of strung... Well, in terms of the same man Slim, he held out on... On... Um, Candy? On, on James and Candy for so long, whereas well, Coop and Giselle happened very quickly. Well, he held out on James and Candy so long because he was still hung up on Alice. Like, he died for her. I don't necessarily agree with that either. Well, I'm just saying. That's my view on that. Is that he held out on Candy so long because he was hung up on Alice. Mm. And frankly, you could have very easily made James and Candy be like, you know, a five-night stand. Yeah. As opposed to having an actual relationship. Like I said, they basically could have fucked each other unconscious and never spoke again. But that's not how the book went, which is one of the things I like about them. About James and Candy, or no, Coop I like and about okay. no, I like about the Cadry books is that he introduces female characters, yeah, that don't just disappear after somebody fucks them. Uh, yes, I agree with that. That yes. I agree with. No, what I mean, you have the Frenchman. The Frenchman. Oh, Brad. In the Sam and Slim. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Verdoke. Yeah, Verdoke and his lady friend, that he met while he was at the video store. Oh, um, Allegra. Yeah, like I said, you have the Frenchman and Allegra. They're not implicitly fucking. They're together. They're extremely together. They live together. They're not implicitly fucking. They're fucking. Oh, they're totally fucking. I'm just saying they're not implicitly fucking. But that's one of the things that I really liked about Kadri is that he had these female characters that didn't just disappear. So what did you think of the the female character? Well, because you've got a couple female characters in everything book. You have got... Giselle, well, you have Giselle, and, you have Benson. Um, not, um, Benson. Benson? No, um, the lady from... The, the lady from Dopes. Crap. Whatever her name is. Benzel? Mitzis? Benzis? Sure. No, like it's B-I-N-I-S. I think it's Venice or something like that. Venice. I think it's Venice. Like sure. I said, no, that's the one thing I like about Cadbury. As a whole, what did you think of the book? I really liked the book. I liked it a great deal. I did not do myself... It's like Douglas Adams wrote a heist movie. Like I said, I did not do myself any favors reading that after The Last Sandman Slim, considering that was a super rough fucking book. Did your audio version of The Last Cadre, of The Last Sandman Slim, have The Devil in the Dollhouse attached to it? Yes and no. I got that about three books back. I thought you said you were going to spend the money on it. And I repeat, I got that about three books last. So you spent the money on it? No, I got it for Fleecy's. Hmm. It was the, hey, buy this and we'll get this for free. Oh, and it was the get it for free? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think we talked about this before. Well, it's the thing is that I just, I need to, and it helps that they have different narrators. I have to mentally shift myself from this world to this world. Especially with the same writer. I completely agree. Um, Thank God they have different narrators. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine a narrator doing Sandman's, the Sandman Slim series doing the Coop Heist series, because... Nope. Radically different tonally. 
And I mean, Mort really? is the right name, by the way. Huh? Mort is his friend. Mort's friend? No, Mort is his friend in, this, in, in the Coop High series. Yeah. We had this conversation last week. Oh, did we? Okay, great. You couldn't remember his friend's name. It's Mort. Oh, yes, we did, because we talked about the whole Doug, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Douglas Adams versus Terry Pratchett thing. But like I said, no, I, I enjoyed the book greatly. It's just, it's such a shift. I kind of need a palate cleanser. Okay. In case you're wondering, the books are like a, I've described, and I think I'm right. Um, not that it's a matter of right or wrong, but um, in terms of, uh, it's Douglas Adams writing a Supernatural high series. Very much so. Like, they're very funny, and they're very, you know, brash. And not, and not like, I mean, there's some dark humor, but like, not like, it's not the dark humor that's from the same Man Slim series. It's no, very it's, it's Douglas Adams. No, it's one of those, like, they're still selling pufferfish and ribs in that seafood shop next door. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's whatever that meant. Um, like I said, it's it's very brash, but, you know, this is how the world actually is. Sure. What? You don't think that the world would cover up weird supernatural happenings? Yeah, but that didn't get construed at all until you just explained it. Well, the and I went, what? Well, in the everything box, they have the giant puffer fish and the giant boar. Both of which the what? The giant puffer fish and the giant boar. Uh-huh. And they both get killed in Jinxtown. Yeah. And it's implied they both get sold into Jinxtown butcher shops. Uh-huh. Where am I supposed to go from that? Not a damn place. So, mistakes you made this week. Everything. Okay. Um, not recently, but I recently had a Gatorade that I could not get open by myself. Like, like? Like, no matter how many cameras I banged it against, no matter how hard I tried, I could not open that damn bottle. Did you have to ask a dude to I open it I actually did. I did. And it was terrible. No, it's not. It was this. a fucking Gatorade? It's because it's plastic. Uh-huh. So plastic's malleable. If it was glass, I would have been able to pop the seal and be able to open it. But yeah, I couldn't get a fucking Gatorade open for three fucking days. Three days! Well, I didn't ask to do until the third day, but yes. Yeah, but for three days. Was it the one I bought you last week? No, it was not. Okay. It was midweek, but still. Three fucking days. Okay. That's ridiculous. Um, it sticks in me this week. Everything's terrible. Okay. Seems about right. Um, if you have three hours, we'll rearrange the fun goes. I don't. Yeah, sorry. Oh, did I show you Gwenpool? Yes, you did. Okay. Way to bring it up in apropos of nothing. Um, I got on a bus and had to have a do not stare at each other marathon with, uh... Previous one night stand. So how long was the bus ride? Ah, uh, about ten blocks. That's like five minutes. Yeah, but still, like you could, you could tell, like when she got on, we kind of locked eyes, and it was one of those like we did the whole. Doug, not to be a dick, but I think you should be smug about this. You think I should be smug about this? You fucked her. Yeah, no, but I saw like making. Well, okay, I shouldn't say I don't like me making people awkward, but that wasn't the right way I don't like making people awkward. And it was one of those where I'm like, So, five blocks is about a minute and a half. Uh, 
it was it was a couple minutes of her like making very obvious not eye contact with incredibly pursed lips. Hey, um, I've been inside you. Yeah, no. The, Doug, I'm sorry, you were a Lothario, and you were incredibly charming. I think you need to own that. I still am charming. <laughs> if you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah.